Hello, my name is Kevin Shields and welcome to the Crack Reel Podcast, episode 22. The first of many in the new year. Now I'm actually going to hold the microphone and see how this sounds because I'm testing out recording an episode on my laptop because at last, I think I might have mentioned this actually in the last, no I didn't. Well, I think I was talking about getting one, but um, I finally got a laptop so now I can do Record the podcast anywhere. I'm doing this episode in my conservatory uh, just to get a change of scenery. It's less hunched over than it would be if I was in my fucking bedroom doing it. But now I can finally have physical guests uh, conveniently because obviously COVID has made a fucking balls of this year. Obviously, I started this last January, so nearly a year now doing this. And ever since I fucking started doing it i've been promising having guests on and doing all sorts but covid's made that a cunt to do so obviously i couldn't have people into my room to record it uh i don't really like doing it on fucking zoom or skype or anything but i actually do have a few plans a few people i know in the uk and some in america that would rather do a true uh skype or one of them obviously that's the only way i could do it but i do know some people i will do it in person with but obviously I need better space. So a conservatory might be the best idea. Although this is probably quite echoey. Um, I'm not 100%. Also the sound effect you heard at the start is me opening a bottle of Bulmers. Because I bought 120 of them. <laughs> because they were so cheap before Christmas. And I'm trying to get through them as uh, convenient as I can. Without uh, succumbing to alcoholism of any kind. Um, but yeah. It's been a fucking. It's been a hectic time. Because. I mean cinema's my narrative on how cinemas are going to go has changed dramatically over and over for the last year because at first my mindset was that they'd be gone for a while but then they'd be back then my mindset was that the independent cinemas would probably die out but the big blockbuster cinemas will reign supreme then it swapped around to okay the blockbuster cinemas are probably going to die and the independent cinemas are going to be the ones that survive and now it's a case of I have no fucking idea what's going to survive because I mean we're in our third lockdown in Ireland now because we're an incompetent fuck face of a nation and the government are useless cunts and it's just falling apart yet again so we're in a third lockdown so even though cinemas reopened and everything was kind of back to normal for a bit they're now closed yet again they basically gave us enough time through December to waste all our money and now we're like okay you're locked down again no crack for a fucking entire new year which also it's my birthday at the end of this week so well you're going to be hearing this on the 4th presumably if I upload it today um so that's a (laughs) that's any plans I had for that out the fucking window but then again I'll just probably watch a fuckload of films um last year I did pretty well film wise I managed to watch 402 of them um although if you go by my letterbox it's 405 because I watched I think I watched something twice, but I definitely watched Uncle James three times. Um, third time, you could argue, is only half watching it, but I, I was in the room for the whole thing. Uh, I might have just been doing other shit at the time, but I, I watched it in full properly twice, um, for certain. But I haven't, there was a good few I didn't get around to. Cause it's like, see, when it comes to like cramming this year, it was a lot more difficult. Obviously, with work and like it made it a, like a nine to five job or in this case eight to four but working full time made it harder for me to just binge the way i normally would like i got through what was it 74 horror films this october last october 
compared to my 104 that I did the year before and then the year before that I think I did 82 um, but even this year like in previous years when December rolls around that's the cramming month and that's when I get through a fuckload and this year I didn't see many I think I saw under 20 films anyway a lot of old movies I watched obviously I watched Die Hard again that's yearly tradition but I watched A Christmas Story and I rewatched Elf um, what else did I watch I kind of half watched The Grinch again but I didn't include that as a another, or did I? no I don't think I included that as another viewing because I actually fell asleep for most of it but I rewatched Home Alone 2 and just all the kind of good shit especially because my nieces hadn't seen them so g- allowing them to see these movies was great as well especially fucking Home Alone 2 just hearing them piss themselves laughing at the carnage and that was just uh, music to my ears rather than them fucking just watching the typical shite that uh, is kind of put out for them now I mean other than Pixar stuff Pixar stuff deadly but in general uh, a lot of the stuff I watched was older so I only got through a few new ones I didn't get to see Baccarat which I wanted to see Um, that western horror one The Wind I never got around to Uh, I I had planned to do a double bill of Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84 I I still haven't watched either of them um but there's a lot of shit i didn't get around to so this like now that i'm kind of in january january is a nothing part of the year where i'll just watch whatever doesn't matter what it is if it's tv games movies another thing as well i got ghost of tashima for the ps4 so i've been investing a lot of time in that as well which ate into my movie watching time basically last year for movies even though i watched i mean 402 is good going just my consistency in uh watching movies are parameters in terms of whether it be just a genre or just cramming 2020 stuff at the time has been poor if i was just watching any movies fine i, I watched a fuckload last year but i kind of wasn't able to stick to my own rules too well but this year again i don't know what the fucking stories with the oscar is story with the oscars is whether it's going to go ahead who the fuck knows really who gives a shit if it goes ahead because they're fucking crap anyway but i don't know uh will there be much to catch up on will there even be a fucking ceremony this year you know what they're like they fucking look at any excuse to go ahead but with everything that's going on i mean they've had to back out of a lot of shit i think they had to do you know what it'd probably just be an all online oscars or something like that fucking jimmy fallon or one of them comes fucking reading out the winners on air and they're all in their fucking own sitting rooms responding to the fucking win that kind of shit. it'll probably be something like that it's not it won't have the glamour it used to unless of course it's proper fucking old school there's only the nominees in the fucking crowd type deal and the odd fucking costume designer or some shit like that it won't be the big fucking red carpet ceremony it normally is but then again i have no idea there's so many surprises within the industry the last fucking year and this year that i i don't even know where to start with it and uh oh tell me is that person motel oh shite for a minute i thought parson motel which actually i'll talk about that um i'm gonna fold this mic up i hope this actually sounds all right because i've never never held the microphone before it's actually not too bad i can fucking sit back a bit um but parson motel with all the shit with brexit coming in now that they've they've changed um customs charges and whatever else so like although i think that i think this has kind of gone back on it because amazon had sent an email there in the start of december basically saying that come january 1st we're gonna have to start doing custom charges and whatever else i think some brexit deal has been made so this this won't affect that which is good um hopefully they do one with america too and that way i can just 
order a lot of shit to Parson Motel and not have to pay fucking extortion of customs fees from America. Um, that's if Parson Motel comes back because they also said that with everything that's going on with Brexit, we're closing, not indefinitely, well, is indefinitely the one where it can come back? For the foreseeable anyway, they're, they're closing their, their Northern Ireland uh, address, which is where I get all my shit sent if it's coming from the UK and it doesn't deliver here. So that kind of fucks me over now. Uh, but I thought they were sending me an email there just to be like, oh no, we're reversing that because they're still going ahead with closing it even though this alleged deal has gone through. I don't fucking follow the news so I don't know what the fuck's happening. I don't. I mean, I care, but I also don't care. Like I don't care enough that I'm arsed sitting down and watching it. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting fucking year. And this year is going to be a lot more interesting because I mean, I've gone one year with Cracked Real podcast. I've done 21 episodes. I intended to have a minimum of... 52 episodes i wanted to do once a week guaranteed but as usual i mean obviously like the break between this episode and the last episode isn't as fucking bad as it was with two months i think it was between september and november which is fucking ridiculous uh even by my standards but it's uh it's been a long while as well because every time i fucking try to get the time to do it i always had other shit to do and December is a busy time as well, and even though there was, there was no sessions or anything really fucking happening, although I did get to have some booze on fucking Christmas Eve, which was nice. Well, New Year's Eve, all those plans were just went down the fucking drain, especially with all this lockdown shit. So, fuck it, fuck it all. But when it comes to movies, this year I'm gonna try watch a lot more. I mean, I I always want to watch more every year. Uh, but when with this podcast, I have a dozen fucking plans for. It. Uh, I already briefly glossed over this the last time um, that I have a few different podcast ideas and for instance I'll have a guest on like it'll always be me and one other guest type thing and we'll pick three movies either between us or each on a different subject or a different idea like fucking 80s LA movies and like we'll each pick our favourite and talk about another one or whatever else try recommending to each other Um, I want to talk about like endings movies if they still hold up and everything but fucking, I mean, who knows? There's so many ideas for podcasts out there. And annoyingly, there's so many that are simple ideas that can be replicated, but you don't want to feel like you're copying at the same time. Because there are podcasts out there about watching movies you'd seen before and do they hold up and things like that. But I'm not going to go for the same kind of rule set that they might have, or I'm not going to have similar fucking... Well, I suppose rule set's probably the right word for it anyway. I'm not going to have any of that fucking... Oh, what's the one that fucking called? There's one called Rewatchables, which is it's a decent podcast. I think the people who host it are fucking annoying as shit, though. Um, but their basic premise is they look at all movie, does it still hold up? And they have these all these categories like, okay, this bit does this hold up? And uh, I can't think of them off the top. Like I'm drawing a complete blank now on, on all the fucking categories they have. But again, that's not what I'd be looking to do. I'd just be more looking to be like, does it hold up? How are these performances if if you were to recast it? And things like that. I think they do they do something similar to that, but. Again, I'm not trying to just find other podcast ideas and then just replicate them myself. I'm trying. I want to do something that's a bit more interesting, and have interesting people on it too, and actually talk about them really openly. I I, I don't like prepped fucking answers and shit like that. Like that's that's what I'm going to try to avoid. As for interviews and shit like that, I've already talked to a few producers and directors and stuff that I know that I think would be be good to have on it but even just film fans you know as i said i've been talking about having joe from the lazy dad's podcast on forever um so i'll, I'll obviously be doing an episode with him because he has he's the one who kind of 
influenced by setup here and everything in terms of what microphone to get and everything so we'll do a proper episode where we both have our high-end microphones and we'll just fucking shoot the shit for many hours just talking bollocks about films but as i said there's a lot of ideas out there that i have but i'm trying to branch them off into kind of different podcasts i'd hate for it just to be each episode is just a random okay this one we're going to talk about this so for the cracked real podcast i'd probably just have it as my general rough hour depending on <laughs> how long i decide to talk shit for of me just talking shit and then do a sister podcast which will be for instance about fucking endings or about rewatching movies and they'll be very specific and they'll all be under the one umbrella of cracked real let's say uh i do need to update my fucking podbean subscription though because i say that year's gonna run out now in a, a couple of weeks so oh, but I, I will aim to have a lot more podcasts out next next year as well um as well as that i i mean last year i did a embarrassingly long fucking video doing my top 20 i think it was of 2019 and i will do something similar this year not as long i hope uh, but i am going to do a written version of that as well i want to get back into kind of writing reviews and lists and stuff too because i haven't done a single one last year and i actually went on to my, my blog spot there and i realized i had a draft written up uh around this i pretty much this week last year um for best films of 2019 and i think a week later i got my microphone so i just said fuck it i'll make an audio version of that rather than write it out but i wouldn't mind doing an audio version too where i just talk shit about them but i think i'd like to actually write them out as well um i'll see how it goes i'm also i'm, I'm eager to listen back to this now and see how this sounds because i've been doing a lot of fucking moving about holding this microphone and it, for all i know it's fucking the sound big time but uh, it's all a learning curve it'll sound better when the, uh, i'm in a smaller room with fucking a better setup but like as i said my, my bedroom's fine but it's not very fucking comfortable to sit in i'm actually fucking lounging back here <laughs> comfortably being able to do this which is a fucking big difference um but yeah the the shape of the film world has gone up its own arse <laughs> it's really just i i don't know what the fuck's gonna happen with it my predictions were half true i think i think there's a lot of elements of truth in what i was saying i think if you were to pick who's going to be the survivor between blockbuster and independent cinema i think independent is going to win it but whether they stay alive after that fight is the real question because fuck knows what way cinemas are going to go especially if this lockdown bollocks keeps happening because i reckon it's supposed to go to the end of january there'll probably be another one then in fucking march or until march or some extension and it's just gonna really fuck everything up well obviously the whole world but the movie world as well and i know there was this fucking audio clip of not tom hanks what's his fucking name tom cruise um going bananas at someone on set now i haven't heard it i just i've only read a little kind of transcript of what was said to him but he's basically screaming at him about not practicing social distance guidelines whatever else and i've heard people whinging about it and right yeah some people can take it a bit fucking far when it comes to any kind of social distancing shit basically the annoying fucking internet cunts who just want to have their 50 minutes of fame shouting at someone in a video and blah 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 with tom cruise's point though like he's essentially saying that if you don't fucking behave properly on these sets we will get shut down and we won't be able to fucking make movies these this is our livelihood and we're in a lucky position to be able to still make fucking movies let's not fuck it up by not practicing all these guidelines properly on set and then they're like okay we're closing your set for fucking two months until he is fucking 
are all clear and whatever else like he wants things to run smoothly and I fucking fully understand that and I think the people giving him shit over it saying it's just some Hollywood diva meltdown shit aren't thinking about why he's doing it this isn't like Christian Bale going mad at your man over the light and all. it isn't just him just bitching at them because he's like I'm famous I can say what I want this is your career my or not your career but your fucking movie could go down the drain if you don't fucking behave and that's the last thing people want that was a burp by the way a, a light one um, a side effect of drinking fucking cider but, um, I just realised that the editing on this will probably sound really fucking jarring as well because obviously if I'm doing it in my room it's so quiet that like if ever I need to fucking just clip two things together you won't know so it's probably going to be a big jarring <laughs> clip of audio put together now especially because that was an edit just there um, but yeah when it comes to the industry as well so much shit is becoming available online in America before it's out here. I see a lot of cinema release dates for shit that you can watch online legally from America. If you've got a VPN, you can do whatever the fuck you like. But all these movies are available. I mean, I got to watch Sound of Metal last year, even though it's not coming out here until February. And I thought, well, if I can watch it this easily online and... I don't have to wait until it hits fucking cinemas over here because it probably won't it probably won't fucking open the cinemas over here so if you can stream it then just do that and they're all fucking cheap anyway so I mean the likes what was the other one Nomadland uh, I think is streaming now as well and there's a fucking other one I can't even think of the name of it now but there's fucking loads of stuff that's not out here till February and I'm thinking you're being very fucking ambitious with release dates even gigs there's a few gigs that are coming out over here now expected for the start of summer and I'm thinking they're not going to fucking go ahead so I don't know I think last year online did unbelievable things for the movie industry and they realised I mean it was a kick up the arse really and I think the likes of Spielberg and all that are going to see that and I mean I talked about this when I mentioned Tenet before which I got the 4K of and it looks unreal. I have, I've only tested it now. I haven't actually sat down and watched it properly again. But I'm fucking dying to. Um, but Christopher Nolan was saying how. Like obviously he was the the big movie of last year. Because he was the. During lockdown or just after lockdown. He got to release a. Like mainstream movie. Widespread across the world. And it did well. I mean it didn't do as well as it normally would have. But it did well. And I get that he still wants to keep that going, but it's going to be much fucking harder to do so. I mean, that Bond movie is so incredibly fucked. Incredibly fucked. They've already fucking had several pushbacks, and or they've pushed it back several times, and then they brought it forward a couple of times, and it's still not out. It still hasn't got a date in sight. Netflix, I think, refused to buy it because they were looking for 75 million to buy it or some shit like that. Uh, or the 750 million <laughs> it was some fucking stupid amount of money um, that they were just like why the fuck would we do that like get fucked and I think people reckon it might fall on HBO Max HBO Max have been, have been picking up a lot of movies I think that remake of The Witches came out on that and there was some James Corden bollocks that came out on that too a lot of these fucking movies that I wouldn't bother my dick watching anyway and there's a few other big ones I mean oh, actually hang on I don't think I talked about this the last time because this happened in either the end of November or early December but a huge fucking thing with Warner Brothers or is it Warner Brothers and HBO Max I think it was I think it was Warner Brothers whoever is in charge of the new Dune movie and the new Mortal Kombat movie and it 
fuckload others they're gonna have a simultaneous release online and in the cinemas even though this isn't gonna be till fucking the end of next year they're gonna have a simultaneous release and it's gonna be very fucking big because I have never seen a deal like this ever and on the one hand it's amazing it means that these movies are going to be fucking available if there's another poxy lockdown by then but I feel like a lot of people won't bother their haul with the cinema now as a result I mean if it's one or the other kind of thing I mean if I can see a movie two months in advance fine but if it's coming out that day like something like Dune I'm going to see in the cinema but if the cinema's not available then I mean it's just as easy to watch at home and I think that's that's the true transition of cinema to the home screen and never going back never going to be a cinema again because if this works out the way they're hoping it will it'll be fucking big if it doesn't if it just ends up being a big, a big pyro fest then they're fucked up the ass but i honestly don't know i don't know how i forgot to talk about this but that's that's a big fucking deal so dune which was due to be out last year i think november last year push back to december this year and now it's going to be fucking available online at the same time and i think i don't know this, this is this is very new this is something that no one ever expected i mean initially when i read it i thought they were just releasing all of them online this december which was sorry last month so last december and i thought holy fuck that is a frightening christmas gift because to give all those movies away onto a streaming service is ballsy now I don't know if they're going to do a like they do with Mulan, where it's it's a a certain fee separate to the other other films on it. Like, because what happened with Disney Plus is they released Soul last year, the first Pixar movie direct to fucking streaming, and they did it for free. Well, when I say free, it went to Disney Plus. If you have Disney Plus, you can watch it whenever you want. Whereas Mulan, it was like you to pay thirty quid to have this. Whether they do the same thing with HBO Max and these new movies is i mean i've no clue they could just decide okay it's available to stream through hbo max you must have hbo max on an account there and whatever else but it's going to cost you an additional 30 quid i don't know if they're going to do that if they do they can say fucking goodbye to any profit because that's going to get targeted immediately but if they just have it as part of the streaming service it'll encourage more people to get the streaming service more than likely although you need a vpn if you're going to watch it over here unless they by then have released the uk ireland version of it but again that will be the same issue with netflix where some shit will be going to that and won't be coming to here and it'll always be a shit show um but i don't know i do <laughs> I mean, it's such a fucking ballsy move the whole thing has turned on its head and i i no one expected this no one expected the industry would go down this fucking road but here we are like it's it's dangerous times and i mean especially in a, in a world where martin scorsese is struggling to get funding so a streaming service has to help him like all of these extra bonuses are really showing the flaws within the film industry the flaws within shithead producers and hollywood and the cinema all all of these things are being exposed when before there was never a hope of it 10 years ago the idea of everything being online people were like not a ho- no one's gonna fucking buy that shit but they've showed now numerous times that it actually is in a lot of ways better and i mean cinema's gonna have to pull out a lot of fucking stops to make this worthwhile again the worthwhile cinema trip is gonna be a much fucking harder sell these days
and I don't know I feel like I'm kind of going in circles now because I mean I've, I've had four significant portions on my podcast where I have talked about the future of cinema and at this stage I am just lost I don't know where the fuck it's going to go there's so many new things being pulled out last minute that it's either going to completely fucking save movies or they're fucked in general though they're they're always going to go ahead um, we're probably going to get less British and Irish films because we're such a shit show at the moment we don't really have the industry to look after in the same way whereas America I mean they're still going ahead they're still making a Mission Impossible film at the moment I don't know whether they're still I think Top Gun might be finished I know they were filming it last year they might have just done the, the finishing touches to something I don't know but movies are still being made I, I feel like they're going to feel different I'm looking forward to the first real Covid movie not these fucking dog shit movies that have been coming out since fucking March that cunts are just making for fucking five quid on their phones where it's like some zombie pandemic movie COVID-21 shite and it's just like no that's that's not a real film I'm talking about a real Hollywood movie I'm eager to see what it's like our character's going to be distanced in it if there's like a romantic scene how are they going to go through with that is everyone who's behind the camera and in front of the camera going to have to be tested before that scene so they know okay you're covered free you can fuck the shit out of each other in this scene and it won't be weird it's it's just odd to me and even just seeing crowds of movies now i'm looking at like this is weird so i just i just wonder are movies gonna look the same the, the one thing i would really hate to come from all this is the integrity of actual movies to be fucked as a result of how do i put it as a result of this whole fucking virus like i would hate to think that a scene in a movie that would be like a face-to-face fight or argument is now shot differently or done differently to to work around potential spread of the virus it would piss me the fuck off i i don't want movies to suffer in that sense i want them to still be able to go ahead the way they should go ahead but just be fucking careful making them (laughs) i don't know it's 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 a wait and see situation because i think i don't know when the first real covid blockbuster is going to come out i think mission impossible might be the only one that's sticking out in my head at the moment as the one i mean when you look at tenet tenet was apparently shot in 2019 it was done then but the editing had to be done through zoom effectively i think christopher nolan wasn't with his editors at the time he just had to basically instruct them what he wanted and they'd send it to him and he'd watch it back and whatever else and it just sounds very fucking messy how it was all done although no i think he might have he might have an editing studio in his house i know some some form of the editing on it either the sound editing or it could have been the actual editing was done online between a few editors and you see it with anything even youtube channels are doing the same thing where they've hired new editors but they're doing it from home and it's like is this going to be the new fucking normal in that sense as well where your movie's done but it's sent off and you just get to watch it now and then through scenes that are sent to you from the editors under deadlines i don't know i mean it's hard to just say let's stop everything for the next fucking few months because we did that last year and it was it was a pain in the hole i don't see them doing that shit again now i think they're gonna just push through and make stuff i just don't want the the film itself to be uh, fucked with as a result but enough fucking miserable shite out of me the fact of the matter is i don't know what the state of the movie industry is i am hopeful for it that it'll work out well but 
fuck knows every week is a new twist and every twist is a fucking kick in the bollocks so we'll just have to see but my main goal now is well a not to bore the fuck out of you because <laughs> i'm even less prepared than usual um because when I have the computer in front of me, it's easier for me to kind of scan through shit. But I suppose, I, my, I mean, my initial thing was to talk about all the movies I bought. Uh, which I do have a log of. But, I mean, the amount of, the, the sheer volume of movies. I'd, I'd actually love to count just how many fucking movies I bought last year. Because it's criminal. <laughs> the amount I fucking got. Uh, from, pretty much from March until now. I mean, the last two movies I got were... I got the BFI's uh, Lahane or Lahane, whatever way you want to pronounce it, uh, box set, and oh, there's something that bothers me about BFI. I mean, they do fucking really nice editions, really nice transfers, good books and stuff with them, but they don't have like inside artwork and things like that. It it bothers me to just see a blank canvas when you open something. And I'm like, for fuck's sake! Like, if you're gonna go through this effort to have a nice box and a fold out box and whatever else, you want to put a bit of fucking effort in and not just have it boring and blank. Um, but I got I me. Mean, I got a fuckload of the premium collection stuff, and that was what kind of hurt the most when when I heard that um, Parson Motel weren't gonna be open for the next while. Is that there's so much shit from HMV I'd love to get because they generally have very good offers, but they have all the premium collection stuff, and I got tons of them. Um, and I I I don't know when I'll be able to get them again. The only time I ever got a premium collection thing that wasn't on HMV was the first one I ever bought, and that was Gattaca and that's because it was out of print at the time which I think it's back in print now which is annoying on uh, HMV's website but I got it from Amazon I think I paid 20 quid for it or something because it was so hard to get anything sent over here but now at Parsonville Town like yeah, 750 or something but uh, I'll talk about I suppose I'll just talk about the premium collections I've got so obviously I got Airplane because it's one of the funniest comedies ever made and I think it's the first time it's ever been on Blu-ray so I had to snap it up at least over here it is Um, I got Waiting for Guffman which I haven't seen but I have a lot of faith in it because it's um not christopher columbus what's his fucking name uh christopher guest and he did the likes of best in show and a mighty wind and he's in spinal tap or this is spinal tap so he's one of the main lads in that and he kind of got his finger in this whole mockumentary pie he did one i didn't really like it could have been so much better because it wasn't a mockumentary it was just a regular drama that was called for your consideration and i thought it was a brilliant premise but if they had stuck to the documentary style i think some of the drama and other stuff would have actually landed much better it felt very artificial otherwise but this is the same kind of thing it's a big cast of famous characters like eugene levy and i think Catherine. what's her fucking name it's not her is it what the fuck is her name you're one anyway who's in fucking she's in home alone it's kevin's man home alone um you get this whole cast of characters but it's to do with a, a stage play and he seems to be the lead character in it so I think that'll be interesting um, I got Judgment Night because it's great crack good 90s fucking thriller I would love if it came with the soundtrack though the soundtrack for that movie is a childhood favourite of mine it's basically a load of the big rap artists from the time like obviously not the, the biggest you don't have the likes of fucking Snoop Dogg and stuff we got like Cypress Hill and Onyx and stuff like that who were teaming up with big metal and alternative bands at the time so you had the likes of Sonic Youth and Fate No More and um, probably the most famous one is Biohazard Biohazard and Onyx 
teamed up and became Bionics and did a lot of fucking rap metal tunes together. But the whole album is just full of that stuff. And there's actually an interesting story about it. Maybe I told this before. I don't know. Fucking tell it again. Tool and Rage Against the Machine teamed up to do a song for it. And they made this big eight minute kind of mess of a demo. They're they're all trying out new stuff with it. And it wasn't the best. Like none of it was bad. It just that by both their standards they could have done a lot better. Um, They ended up not using it. But the demo is out there. And if you actually listen to it. Some of the riffs became the main riff for New Millennium Halls or Rage Against the Machine. So I think it, it kind of birthed a few ideas. Um, but it never actually became part of that album. It's kind of unfortunate. I'd, lo- I'd love this edition because it's a lovely box set. I'd love that just came with the soundtrack as well. That would be the absolute fucking icing on the cake because that soundtrack is class. Um, Casualties of War is a Brian De Palma film I haven't watched. I like Brian De Palma films. Vietnam movies are deadly and you have uh, Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn in it. So... Yeah, I'm all over that. I know there was a director's cut, but I think I might have mentioned this when I talked. I think I'm pretty sure I spoke about Lethal Weapon when I was doing this because I watched all the Lethal Weapon films at the start of the year. And I had, or my brother had, and I used to watch the American kind of snapbox DVDs of Lethal Weapon, and they were all the director's cut. And actually, no, I did have the box set of director's cuts as well that came out here. There was a four pack box set, even though the fucking Ford movie was still butchered by the censors uh, which thankfully is now uncut and so much better the the little snippets of fucking brutal action that make a massive difference um but the i think it was universal maybe who did i think it was actually warner brothers who released them and what they did was there was deleted scenes that were initially made for the dvd and they were actually reinserted into the film very well reinserted because they actually looked like pretty official director's cuts but a fuckload of movies had this happen to them. And I'm pretty sure Casualties of War is another one. Uh, I'm not 100% if that was Warner Bros. I'm going to check here. I'm going to zoom in on my fucking Instagram picture of it. To see. Was it Warner Brothers? Actually no. It seems to be Sony. Or Columbia. Maybe it's Columbia I'm thinking of. I don't know. But. What happened with that was. There was a director's cut of Casualties of War that came out. And I'm pretty sure. That was just deleted scenes that were reinserted. And it was called a director's cut. Just for the sake of selling to home movies. Uh, Bugsy's another one. I, I've I've only ever seen the DVD of Bugsy, and I want to rewatch it because I think that film was a bit too much of a slow burn intellect kind of movie for me to watch when I was that young. Because me and I watched this around the time of the fucking seeing Goodfellas and Casino and shit like that, where I wanted high octane, entertaining, visceral fucking gangster fun, and this was just a really slow burn character study of this guy Bugsy Siegel. So it didn't really land the same way. And then I was trying to track down that American DVD that had the director's cut. As they call it. But really it's just the deleted scenes reinserted into it. So it's kind of. I mean it can be nice. I, I, I'm used to those versions of Lethal Weapon. I do prefer them. But the only way you can get the Blu-ray box set now. Is with those as deleted scenes. Uh, my point is. Casualties of War. Had the same sort of thing happen to it. I'm pretty sure. So this version that comes in the premium collection. Clearly states it's the theatrical cut. Which I think was their way of saying. Don't worry it's not fucked with. And I think I spoke as well before about Copland. Um. A lot of these are conversations I have in my head, so I'm pretty sure when I say I've spoken about them before, it's probably to myself while I'm falling asleep coming up with ideas to talk about. Um, but Copland, I saw it on TV when I was younger and I thought it was deadly. And then I got this, it was the first DVD that came out, it said Director's Cut, I thought, oh, fucking class. And I remember there was a lot of stuff at the start, little introductions that were different, and I thought, this is great. But then the movie just fucking finished five minutes earlier, and I thought, hang on, what's going on here? And it turns out the, the theatrical cut actually has the slightly longer ending, which is a better ending as well. 
And I thought, why the fuck did they get rid of that? But the only way I've seen that available on Blu-ray is the German director's cut that came out. It was it was released in Germany, obviously. And once I saw it, I snapped it up because it comes with both the theatrical and director's cut. So now I have the proper fucking ending. Ideally, you'd have the director's cut with that theatrical ending because it's way better. But the fact that's available is deadly. So if you ever want to actually see the proper version of Copland, get the fucking... Um, what's it called? The German version of it. Um, I got another Alfred Hitchcock one. He has a few Hitchcock... Or the, sorry, the premium collection has a few Hitchcock releases. So I've been trying to pick them up. I got To Catch a Thief. And it has Cary Grant and, and it's Alfred Hitchcock. I'm sold. That's all I need to know. Um, it has that new ugly fucking cert on it. Oh, my first mention of certs in 20 fucking 21. Which, that's another interesting thing. For a while... I mean, I had different ideas about what they were going to do with this whole customs thing on Amazon. I assumed they were going to release on Amazon.ie, which would be quite nice. Um, and it would probably have connections to the German Amazon or whatever. So the UK would probably cost more money. Then I thought, are we going to have to have our own distributors over here for movies? If we're not going to have the UK ones. Because it's, it's UK and Ireland with on them. We have the Irish and the UK served on most Blu-rays. Are we going to have to have our own one? And are we going to have to re-rate them ourselves as well? Because we're not going to go by the British standards. So I was unsure about all these things. And very interested in Because I'd love to set up my own distribution company. And I would love to actually get involved with rating stuff. I tried to apply to rate movies before. But the the requirements were silly. Um, But I had wondered. Will we have to change them? Will we have to come up with our own certs or whatever else? So I think that would be quite interesting. I'd, I'd love to actually be responsible for that. Because there'd be a lot of really fucking great movies that are like, yeah, that's 12. <laughs> when it fucking has loads of murder and tits in it. But anyway, um, I'm digressing. Uh, one of the other movies I got was Badlands, which I know there is a Criterion version of. I hate the artwork on it. And I'm not 100% sure if it's a new print or not. So I just got the premium collection one, which has the original artwork. And I've only seen it once in college, so I'm eager to watch it again. Um, What else did I get? Battle of the Bulge. Um, I know I talked about this briefly with Joe on the Lazy Dads podcast. We we're kind of touching on Owlad movies. And um, apparently this is on the lower end of the Owlad quality. But, I mean, with that cast, a three-hour war movie, it's 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 ticking all the boxes for me. Uh, I also got Amistad, which is one of the Spielberg movies I'd never seen. And I actually fucking forgot existed altogether and with a I mean there's a fucking great cast and even on the cover you've got fucking you now I'm always sure to pronounce this guy's name but I think it's Digimon Hanosu I think that's that's how I've always said it uh Matthew McConaughey Anthony Hopkins and Morgan Freeman like that's a fucking that's a winner um I got Diner which I watched maybe it was last year I think I might have watched it during lockdown or not lockdown when I was isolating I just did nothing all day but watch movies and it was fucking tremendous and I caught up on a fuckload I'd wanted to see. I think Diner was one of them. Uh, which I really enjoyed. And for seven quid I couldn't say no. And Yakuza which is one I saw a couple, few years ago. Um, when I was, I was watching. Catching up on Posh Raider stuff. Like um, what's it called. Hardcore stuff as well. Which I do have. I actually bought that when I got my big indicator pile. Um, a few months ago. But Yakuza is one of them as well. With Robert Mitchum. And I remember that being class. Good quality 70s grit. Um, I got A Scanner Darkly, which is a Richard Linklater one. Before I kind of understood that was him. I, I only knew him as Before Sunrise Guy at Days of Confused. So I remember watching that and I wasn't sure what to make of it. It's one of those movies I know I'd probably enjoy more now. 
it also didn't help that someone I didn't like liked it a lot so that immediately fucking put me off it but that was the mindset you had when you're 15 um, uh, Fatal Attraction which I still never understand why anyone would cheat on their wife with Glenn Close of all people but I remember seeing a bit of it years ago it's one I never saw in full I think I always had that and Basic Instinct mixed up and I'd, I'd seen Basic Instinct when I was younger and I wasn't sure about this everyone knows the bunny scene I've seen the bunny scene but I've actually not sat down and watched that movie start to finish so I'm looking forward to that and funnily enough it's one of the newer premium collection ones and they've started to make the posters hilariously small they're probably about the size of fucking four small postcards put together and I'm like fucking it you could you could make that at least one more fold worth of fucking poster um and is this the end of them yeah so the last two that I got then are uh two classic ones I've never seen that I'd always wanted to see and these are vintage ones now so you got the public enemy which is a Jimmy Cagney one everyone knows the grapefruit bit that's basically all I've seen from it but I heard it's fucking class um and one of the kind of defining gangster movies out there which inspired a lot of the rest plus uh, A Streetcar Named Desire which is the Marlon Brando one that I've always wanted to fucking see I only know the whole Stella bit uh, but apparently as a drama it's fucking superb so all of these again dirt cheap really savage editions like they're, they're better editions than they've any right being and I think that's what I kind of love about HMV in that sense is, is that rather than waiting for a big distribution company to pick them up and then release them in a big savage special edition and then charge out the arse for it they were like well we'll fucking pick it up we'll make it exclusive to hmv and well sometimes it's sony sometimes it's warner brothers and universal they all kind of all dip their toes in this and go oh yeah we'll fucking release a nice version and then hmv can just sell it for a reasonable price and you really get your fucking money's worth with them because they're nice transfers i mean i watched what did I watch recently? I watched Marathon Man and it looked unbelievable. Now, the OLED had big time there because there's parts in that movie where there's like a lot of shadows and it just looks fucking class. Um, I did get some boxes, all the Black Friday stuff. I got t-shirts. I mean, when it, in the last <laughs> month, I've just picked up so much fucking shit. Well, when I say shit, I mean class stuff. Um, I don't know if I mentioned, I, I think I spoke recently about how I had ordered Cannibal Ferrex online, which has since arrived in all its uncooked glory. Um, but because CA at the start of that was next to Cat in the Brain, they accidentally sent me out the big limited edition version of Cat in the Brain, which when I got it, I thought, this is fucking class. I watched it and I thought it was complete and utter shit. But one of the lads fucking loves it. And he just so happened to get sent an extra copy of Rats from america the new arrow version of Morath, which is totally definitive new master on both versions of the movie you got the director's cut and the theatrical cut both remastered with a plethora of fucking extras i said give me that immediately so we swapped them around and what a fucking trade that was one of the the, the wisest trades i've done in a while um let's see what else i have here I, I just know if I was to really just sit down and go through all my movies I'd be here for fucking ages so I'm trying to you know I, I, I proposed this question before and I didn't really get an answer so I'm going to ask this on the Facebook page which I will talk about that as well so I proposed at one stage um, should I make a video where I literally just talk about my entire fucking movie collection uh, which could take fucking ages and as I said I don't really like being on camera but 
I don't know. It's something I think could be interesting to do, or even just show the boxes or something and just talk about them and why they're class. Because, I mean, obviously, since I started doing this podcast, I bought a fucking disgusting amount of fucking movies. But, I mean, before even that, like, I've had twice that amount already. So I haven't even really gone into my fucking whole collection. Even just doing, by distributor, I could do all my indicator stuff, do all my arrow stuff, do all the Eureka stuff, and then just do all the Amore stuff. Like, I could, I could split them up into different videos. But if people are interested in that, I'd love to fucking know. So please do tell me. Uh, I will make some kind of poll about this on, on the Cracktrail page as well. So what I did was, before the end of the year, I said, I want to fucking have all of these movies updated. Because... I mean, like, I'm trying to think when it was. Actually, yeah, it was, it was literally around the time I was in, in lockdown. Once I finished being in lockdown, I was kind of wanted to just stay away from the computer for a while because I had just been fucking doing nothing but watching movies and then writing about them. Um, And I kind of kept all my reviews on Letterboxd, which I could just write with my phone, which I do kind of regret because your phone doesn't pick up on little errors. And when I was updating all of my reviews to fucking facebook i could see so many fucking errors that i just missed because your phone doesn't recognize them whereas the spell checker i have on the computer is really strong so it fucking it sorted me out there um but yeah i kind of stepped away from writing shit online but now i have gone through i think it was like 260 movies and probably about 200 reviews because there's a good few I'd, I'd skip like I go I watch about six movies in like two days kind of thing I'm like oh I'm not really arse writing the reviews <laughs> and then they'd, they'd kind of build up that way but I had probably about 200 reviews I added to Facebook there the other day just before the end of the year or actually could have been the day after but they're all on there now they're up to date and I am determined now to keep on top of that so I've watched five movies since the start of this year I started off with The Incredibles 2 which I fucking thought was great crack really enjoyed it regret not watching the first one beforehand i've seen it before i watched it when it came out but i didn't really remember it too well and this one picks up right after that so i was kind of a little bit lost for a minute but once i got into it i knew where i was um and after that i rewatched moana uh both of these were with my niece by the way because she obviously loves these movies so again they're doubly enjoyable when you watch it with them but moana's one i see i watched it really tired either just before or just after Rogue One so I just I, I hadn't the right mindset for it I enjoyed it I thought the music was really good in it but I was kind of just like ah, I wasn't that interested in it it didn't really do much for me upon rewatch though I thoroughly enjoyed it I think it's brilliantly fucking made uh, music's great and it's so good to see them actually take decent real music with real singers and make something unique and original that had a good cultural sound to it, instead of just what pop song is big at the moment we'll make it into the kids movie and we'll have our characters dance around and sing it like they invented it i mean shrek was a cunt for that stuff i remember the first time seeing shrek like there was a few pop songs from 2000 that were in it and you're like okay it's kind of funny but as it went on it's just what song is big now let's just have a bunch of fairy tale animals singing it and dancing choreographed to it it's just boring it's shite it doesn't interest me at all um so it was really cool to actually see a movie do that properly and Moana, Moana's top class really good after that I just wanted cinematic comfort food actually I think this is when I was fucking just relaxing drinking a beer and thinking I want to fucking do nothing tonight and I threw on the one and only Tango and Cash fucking hell I love that film so much I mean I was when I think about 
and it's not I wouldn't say it's in recent years I mean when I watched for the first time it was about 10 years ago or something like that and I loved it I thought it was a great crack but I, I hadn't watched it again for a while but every time I watched it since it would be on TV and I'd be like fucking hell this is so entertaining I'd say between 20 or 2009 and now I've probably seen it about nine times <laughs> Uh, which isn't a lot really when you can compare the fact that I watch Die Hard all the time but every time I watch it I fucking love it and since keeping track of stuff since 2014 I think I've watched it about four or five times on, on Letterboxd and fucking it it's just one of the most enjoyable movies you'll ever fucking watch it's the perfect buddy cop movie I, I'm when I wrote the review about it I mentioned how like Lethal Weapon it has a hard grit to it like the fight scenes in Lethal Weapon are brutal and they're fucking it does have real tension there's moments in it where like innocent people are fucking killed and all this kind of shit and it, even though they're fun movies they are grounded in reality whereas Tango and Cash is just the best crack from start to finish pretty much the moment it fucking starts to the end you're just enjoying yourself and that's that's fucking difficult to do to have a movie that enjoyable like Big Trouble Little China can do it as well and that's why I would love to see well, I suppose it's a Kurt Russell double bill, but just a double bill of Tango and Cash and Big Trouble in Little China in the cinema. And I wonder to myself, what would be the ideal way to structure the two of them? Like, would you have Big Trouble in Little China first and then end on Tango and Cash? Because Tango and Cash just has the most fucking upbeat, fun last 20 minutes you could ever imagine. Or have Tango and Cash first and then end on Big Trouble in Little China which also has a fun ending but Tango and Cash is just more air punching fucking guitar good crack kind of fucking ending so I don't know it'd be, it'd be hard for me to pick which one I'd I'd rather finish on if I was to do a double bill but either way I want a double bill in the cinema with plethora of fucking cans with those two movies that is the current dream and it's even more a dream now because cinemas are in such a fucking dire way with all this COVID bollocks but I was lucky which I've mentioned I've met, I've definitely mentioned seeing Tango and Cash in the cinema and then fucking seeing a secret machine head gig afterwards um, which just tying the two of them together just made it all the more enjoyable of screening but I got to see Tango and Cash at Grindhouse and I got to see Big Trouble at China at Grindhouse and Tango and Cash had a good turnout and it was good fun Big Trouble at China was a packed house and probably the best cinema screening I've been to even though, like I mean, Rocky Four was something else as well because it was like being at the fight. But Tango, or sorry, Big Trouble Little China. Everyone in there was just responding to it. Everyone was shit faced. The place was cheering the whole place. And like, because Rocky wasn't as busy. Sorry, Rocky Four wasn't as busy as Big Trouble Little China, but it was loud and rambunctious and fun. This was jammed, and I've never been to a screening as fun as that. And I would kill to have that again. And if it could be a double bill with Tango and Cash, it'd be all the better. Um again hard to know what would fucking what would do well first like would they put on Big Trouble at China and then have the little drop off for Tango Cash or I don't know I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting into the details of how it would be screened and that doesn't matter fact of the matter is Tango and Cash was my comfort viewing the other night and fucking hell I was just grinning my hall off start to finish it is excellent fun Um, following that yesterday uh, I rewatched Parasite because it's available on Prime now and my mum hadn't seen it I said alright we'll watch that and she enjoyed it as well and it's actually I can fully see why it did so well at the Oscars it's so fucking well written I'd watched it obviously when it, I saw it before it came out 
um, an advanced screening of it, and it was fucking brilliant. But watching it again, it's just so unbelievably well written. It's so fucking smart, unique. None of the twists you can see coming. And if you do, it's it's usually a millisecond before. And I was like, oh, you might do this, and then they'll do it. Whereas it's not the kind of movie you're watching going, all right, I reckon for this scene, this is going to happen or whatever else. It is just totally unpredictable. And Bong Joon-ho, pretty much with every script, has been unpredictable. I've never watched one of his movies and thought I know exactly where this is going because he just does something new and fucking innovative each time. Um, And following that then, I watched Nashville, which fucking hell, like that movie doesn't it doesn't even feel like a movie it just feels like a documentary because it's so real and that's Robert Altman all over um, and I know he's a big influence on the Safdie brothers and when you see like I mean I've, the Altman movies I've seen have been some of the bigger ones but when you see something like this you can fully just see that they just ate up all his influence because in Uncle James every conversation in that feels like 10 people talking over each other at the same time into the one microphone and that's what Nashville is like. It's and Nashville is ambitious too because it's near three hours, and it has twenty four main characters. Um, there's not one exact main story running through it. They're all kind of linked together about all these different bands and the people surrounding these bands. Uh, usually, kind of gospel and bluegrass and some rock kind of bands all in Nashville to play gigs, and you're following all of them at different stages throughout like four or five days and it's, it's just essentially just a series of conversations it's like it's like watching b-roll footage of a documentary just following these people around that would normally be intercut with like talking heads talking about fucking what's going on like oh yeah we went to this fucking event and and then you'll show footage of these people arriving talking to you. it's all of that secondary footage essentially but with big name actors so you have the likes of Oh fuck! I kind of they're all gone out of my head now. Scott Glenn is the only one that's popping into mind. <laughs> Karen Black is in it. Jeff Goldblum, um, Elliot Gould plays himself in it. Um, Ned Beatty, Keith Carradine. Uh, oh, that fucking weird little prick who's in The Burbs and Magnolia. I always forget his fucking name. He's just he's a prick in this movie as well. And he's one of those actors that you just won't look at him and be like, this guy's an asshole. But I'm sure he's like a lovely man in real life. But every character he plays in the movie, I'm looking at him like, this guy's a prick. Um, but yeah, th- th- that's a film. It's a hard one to talk about because it's it's true. Like, if you're an American, this is a true bit of American cinema where you're just getting such a realistic, natural look at all these realistic types of people in, like, mid-70s Nashville. And... I don't even think a documentary could capture that as well as this movie did. So I really enjoyed it. It's one one I don't I could see myself rewatching soon. Um, probably not for a good while. I do plan on getting through all of Atman's stuff though. He's got lots of stuff I've been dying to watch. I still never seen the the Mash movie. I've still not seen Shortcuts, which apparently was a big influence on Magnolia as well. So there's just fucking so much out there to watch, endless amounts. And with Robert Atman, he has his his hand on a lot of movies too so I will get through them fucking hell when when though <laughs> there's just so much when even like Nashville was one of the ones I bought last year and I'm glad I finally watched it now but fucking hell that's just I've not even tipped the iceberg of the amount of shit I have to get through just from what I bought from last March between now and last March that alone is a year's worth of movies <laughs> that I fucking bought 
and all these box sets. I mean, of all the the Truffaut box sets, the Goddard box sets. I got Pedro Almodovar, which I might have mentioned last time. I think that was from a Black Friday sale. Um, who else? Louis Mal. I finally got that Louis Mal box set. I might have mentioned this before too. There was a box set that was just a cunt to find anywhere, and it was it was just impossible to get it at a reasonable price. And I ended up finding this place called was it called Duff? Duff dot com or something like that. And it's weird they 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 rarely update but when they have stuff like they do get the odd news stuff they had the likes of crash and king of new york and stuff from arrow but they don't really update their offers or anything like that but this just happened to pop up on it i said fuck i'm not missing that i think it was 30 something quid i got it for and everywhere else i saw it was going for like 55 pounds so i was like no i'm not fucking paying that much for it but it's a nice 10 movie box set and that should be good too and oh there's just too much to see but i'm gonna make it my business to see as much of them as i can i'm gonna make it my business to write a lot more reviews i'm still getting through my book at the moment i wrote a bit more of it today and i don't know i that's one thing i'm not going to put any deadline on i'm not going to say oh yeah that book will be out in a few months or by the end of the year that'll be finished when it's finished and when it's finished i'll make a song and dance about it so you know it's available but i'm never going to rush that because unlike a podcast or like a review you can rush those things really if you need to but with this no i'm not going to allow that to be rushed um and yeah more reviews on facebook i'm gonna make more lists i'm gonna see i've I've wanted to be more active on instagram i kind of fucking hate instagram i hate having to tag stuff and then having to fucking get involved with the communities now it's a lot of work i'm not willing to put in um but i think i'm gonna start making a lot more posts just about general movie stuff just steals from movies behind the scenes production stuff things i'm interested about in movies actors i like i'm just gonna post basic shit uh obviously keep you aware of the podcast when it's out although if you're following on spotify you'll know it's there but i i i want to start getting more involved in these ways i'm not arsed shilling anymore (laughs) and trying to fucking uh get my name out there in that sense i'm gonna write reviews i'm gonna write lists i'm gonna put them out and if you read them you read them that's just the way it is i don't have the energy to be fucking chasing people up and making them read shit anymore so i'm not gonna do it um but it will bother people about the podcast. I mean, I'm still going to share this and whatever else. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, I, I achieved a lot in terms of what I wanted to do podcast-wise and whatever else last year. But there's bits and pieces I still haven't gotten around to. And this year, I'm determined to make them happen. So expect guests. Expect hopefully more frequent podcasts. I can record them fucking anywhere now. So like guests is a guarantee. Um, and I'm, I'm on top of things now with the Facebook page and wherever else. So there's plenty coming. And lists it's been a while since i've written a list i think it'd be uh interesting to see how it holds up and i and I have a lot of lists in mind again that i was going to turn into episodes of this podcast but i think that i'd end up just rambling too much and i'd rather just give people a simple list they can fucking just pick out of and then just save any other recommendations for when i'm just doing this podcast or when i'm doing anyone where i have a guest on and we're talking about specific sets of movies i might just start doing lists of here's 10 class films no genre no nothing and just let people pick up on that but um yeah this could be a rare case where i finish exactly in an hour although no i'm not gonna I'm, I'm not timing myself that i've got 15 seconds left um then again i have nothing else to say so Ugh. <laughs> my see my energy's just zapped now it's been so long since if, if i wait too long between podcasts i end up just being knackered by the end of a fucking one hour i don't know if i have the stamina to do another fucking 
three hour or what was the longest one it was three and a half hours and it was like part two of a fucking two part document, documentary podcast it's basically as long as fucking two documentaries but nah that's not gonna go there now I've already gone past the hour anyway but thanks for listening it's gonna be a fucking interesting year thanks for listening all last year as well I, I did intend actually before I fucking go my intention before I got busier towards the end of last year was to do a podcast and just title the episode Die Hard is a Christmas film because I've, this argument pops up every year I don't know why you get fucking absolute dick faces on the likes of fucking entertainment.ie who come out with all these articles and whatever else and I go oh, it's not a Christmas movie here's why and blah 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 and it's actually a genuine worthless thing to say <laughs> That it isn't a Christmas movie. Because it's fucking 150 million percent a Christmas movie. And people like to break it down. They go well, well it just it's set at Christmas. Doesn't mean it's Christmas. Okay. Why is Home Alone a Christmas movie? Every reason you can give me for why Home Alone is a Christmas movie. Is the exact same reason I could apply to Die Hard. If you break anything down hard enough. You can break down a Christmas story hard enough. And say it's not a Christmas movie. Oh it's a family drama about gifts bullshit like you can come up with any fucking reason you want for something not to be something the fact of the matter is every single reason to be a christmas movie is in die hard it's christmas music throughout as well as classical it's set on christmas eve the entire reason for the plot going ahead is on christmas or is because of christmas there's santa hats there's bells there's actually bells throughout the soundtrack or throughout the score sorry it's just it's so clearly christmas <laughs> like there's just there's no two ways about it it is one trillion percent a fucking christmas movie and that's that there's no more definitely said there's no point even trying to argue with me i'd encourage you to i'm not going to just stifle anyone's uh argument and say oh don't bother arguing with me does that i'm not going to be that stubborn i'd like you to argue because i'm going to demolish your fucking points it is a christmas movie and that's that and as I said my initial plan was to make a podcast where I addressed that at the start of it or at the end of it and the episode was going to be called Die Hard is a Christmas Film and then I was going to thank you all so because uh, I do mean that uh, I know a lot of people all over the fucking world who have listened to this um, and have kept up with it too it's not like they've just heard one episode and thought like ah that was alright and they don't bother getting back to it I know people who've been very fucking consistent and listening to this a lot and a lot of them were popping up in people's uh, Spotify end of year lists which, by the way, aren't that fucking accurate. Um, when it comes to this podcast, of course it is, because I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna poo-poo that. But in terms of just like music, it could be like you could skip a track and that would count as hearing that track, and it would end up being in your top played songs of the year. And I'm like, that's a big fucking gammy. It's all over the shop. But a lot of people I know have had that in their best of or most listened podcast thing of the year, and a lot of them have sent me screenshots. So I actually made that part of my story on. The Cracked Real Instagram page where I, I just kind of tag people and let them know how appreciative I am that they bother listening to how many fucking hours of me I, I mean a minimum 20 hours but it's probably near 30 hours of me talking shit um, accompanied with this so all I can say is thanks so fucking much for actually listening to it following it keeping up on it following me on Letterboxd following the Cracked Real page keeping up to date with all these things because uh, it encourages me more to actually start doing these recording more and writing more so the more you do that the more you get from me if that's what you want for whatever reason 
but yeah, I do want more audience participation and interaction. So I am going to start setting up polls and shit like that on Instagram and on the Facebook page. Probably the Facebook page more because I think I've got fucking 430 fucking people following me there. Whereas I've got like I don't know, 60 people on Instagram or something. I've got fuck all. Um, but that's my plan. Expand more and look forward to a much better 2021. There's going to be a lot of good stuff this year. Thank you for listening as always. You're all absolute dirty cons, and uh, I'll talk to you next time. I'm not going to say when. Probably next week. But yeah, next week. Goodbye.